1: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1087, the second half of Stocks, part 12, Bonds, by J.L. Collins of jlcollinsnh.com. And I am your host and narrator of the show. My name is Dan, and I'm here every single day reading to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And this post today is actually a continuation from yesterday, so if you are just picking the show up for the first time, It would be best to listen to yesterday's episode first, but if you are all caught up, let's hear part two as we continue optimizing your life. The second half of Stocks, part 12, Bonds, by J.L. Collins of jlcollinsnh.com. Info stage five. Interest rate risk is the second risk factor associated with bonds, and it is tied to the term of the bond. This risk only comes into play if you decide to sell your bond before the maturity date at the end of the term. Here's why. When you decide to sell your bond, you offer it to buyers on what is called the secondary market. Using our previous example, these buyers might offer more than the 10K you paid or less. It depends on how interest rates have changed since your purchase. If rates have gone up, the value of your bond will have gone down. If rates have gone down, the value of your bond will have risen. Confusing, no? Look at it this way. You decide to sell your bond from our example. You paid $10,000 and are earning 10% or $1,000 per year. Now, let's say interest rates have risen to 15% and I have $10,000 to invest. Since I can buy a bond that will pay me $1,500 per year, clearly I'm not going to be willing to pay you $10,000 for your bond that only pays $1,000. Nobody would and you'd be stuck. Fortunately, however, the secondary bond market will calculate exactly what lower price your bond is worth based on the current 15% interest rate. You might not like the price, but at least you'll be able to sell. But if interest rates drop, the roles reverse. If instead of 10%, they fall to 5%, my $10,000 will only buy me a bond paying $500 per year. Since yours pays $1,000, clearly it's worth more than the $10,000 you paid. Again, should you wish to sell, the bond market will calculate exactly what your higher price will be. When interest rates rise, bond prices fall. When interest rates fall, bond prices rise. In either case, if you hold a bond to the end of its term, you will, barring default, get exactly what you paid for it. Info Stage 6 As you've likely guessed, the length of the term of a bond is our third risk factor, and it also helps determine the interest rate paid. The longer the term of a bond, the more likely interest rates will change significantly before it matures, and that means greater risk. While each bond is priced individually, there are three bond term groupings short, medium, and long. Looking at U.S. Treasury securities, for example, we have bills short term bonds of 1 to 5 year terms, notes mid term bonds of 6 to 12 year terms, and bonds long term bonds of 12 plus year terms. Generally speaking, short-term bonds pay less interest as they are seen as having less risk since your money is tied up for a shorter period of time. Accordingly, long-term bonds are seen as having higher risk and pay more. If you're a bond analyst type, you'll graph this on a chart and create what is called a yield curve. The greater the difference between short, mid, and long-term rates, the steeper the curve. This difference varies and sometimes things get so wacky short-term rates become higher than long-term rates. The chart for this event produces the wonderfully named inverted yield curve, and it sets the hearts of bond analysts all aflutter. Info Stage 7 Inflation is the biggest risk to your bonds. Inflation is when the cost of goods is rising. When you lend your money by buying bonds, during periods of inflation, when you get it back, it will buy less stuff, so your money is worth less. A big factor in determining the interest rate paid on a bond is the anticipated inflation rate. Since some inflation is almost always present in a healthy economy, long-term bonds are sure to be affected. That's a key reason they typically pay more interest. So when we get an inverted yield curve and short rates are higher than long rates, investors are anticipating low inflation or even deflation. Info Stage 8 If you've read this far, I have a secret to share and a confession to make. I no longer hold my personal bond allocation in VBTLX. For now, I'm using VFIDX. This is Vanguard's intermediate-term investment-grade bond fund. This change is buried here because it doesn't fit with the basic concept of the simple path, namely an investment strategy that can be set and left to run with minimal attention. Meeting that parameter is best served with VBTLX and its coverage of the entire bond market. That's still the recommendation I stand by for the simple path portfolios, and I'll personally be returning to it in the future. But if you have a more active investing inclination, as I do, you might want to consider VFIDX for the time being. Here's my thinking. A few years ago, we were teetering on the brink of a deflationary depression like that of the 1930s. Very scary stuff. The antidote is a nice solid bit of inflation. This is exactly what the Fed is trying hard to spark. The Fed has been aggressively pumping money into the system and has taken short-term rates to zero, historic lows. Surprisingly, inflation has remained low, but that is sure to change, likely fast and hard. In this environment, short-term bonds are paying next to nothing. Long-term bonds will get hit hard when inflation reignites. Intermediate bonds pay a decent interest rate, and their term makes them less vulnerable than long bonds to inflation. It's like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Papa's bed is too big, baby's bed is too small, but mama's medium-term bond bed is just right. For now, I'm hanging with mama. Info Stage 9 Here are a few other risks. 1. Credit downgrades Remember those rating agencies we discussed? Maybe you bought a bond from a company rated AAA. This is the risk that sometime after you buy, the company gets in trouble and its rating is downgraded. The value of your bond goes down with it. 2. Callable bonds Some bonds are callable, meaning that the bond issuer can pay them off before the maturity date. They give you your money back and stop paying interest. Of course, they would only do this when interest rates are falling and they can borrow money more cheaply. As you now know, when rates fall, the value of your bond goes up, but if it gets called, poof, there goes your nice gain. And three, liquidity risk. Some companies are just not all that popular and that goes for their bonds too. Liquidity risk refers to the possibility that when you want to sell, few buyers will be interested. Few buyers equals lower prices. All of these risks are nicely mitigated simply by owning a broad-based bond index fund. Info Stage 10, Municipal Bonds. Municipal bonds are bonds issued by local governments and government agencies at the state level or below, typically to fund public works projects like schools, airports, and the like. While offering lower interest rates than corporate bonds, they have the advantage of being exempt from the federal income tax and often for the state in which they are issued, state income taxes. This makes them appealing to folks in high-income tax brackets, especially if they live in a high-income tax state. It also makes them less expensive in interest payments for the governments that issue them. It is sometimes suggested that muni bond rates are set so low that the tax advantage is actually negated. That is, after paying taxes, corporate bonds are competitive. This, of course, depends on your tax bracket and the state in which you live. Those in places like California and New York that have high state income taxes will see more benefit than those like me who live in New Hampshire, where there is no state income tax. Vanguard has several funds devoted to munis, including several focused on specific states. Info Stage 11 There are precisely a gazillion different types of bonds. Basically, they come from national governments, state and local governments, government agencies, and companies. Term length, interest rates, and payment terms are limited only by the imagination of the buyers, sellers, and regulators. Further, and here's where my interest in writing about these things just drifts away, 2,200 words is enough. Nothing further matters for us index fund bond investors, but if you just have to know more, Google is your friend. You just listened to the second half of the post titled Stocks Part 12, And that is another episode of Optimal Finance Daily in the books. I thank you so much for your support and for listening each and every day. I'll be back with more posts for you starting on Monday. So have a great rest of your weekend and I will catch you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.